0: Hosea chapter 2, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 4 through 7 this morning. The title of the message is, Israel's Remarriage. Israel's Remarriage. Last Sunday, we read the solemn announcement that Israel at that time was not the wife of God. She was not the wife of God. God still loved Israel, but remember, Israel had left the one true God. So she could go worship false gods. She left her husband, so to speak. That's the image here. So God told the people of Israel in verse 2, Plead with your mother, plead, for she is not my wife, neither am I her husband. God wanted Israel to come back to him. So he told them to plead with her. Just because they were in the holy land didn't mean they were holy people. In the same way, just because people are in a church building doesn't mean they are God's church. For Israel to become God's bride again, God said, look back in your text, let her therefore put away her whoredoms out of her sight and her adulteries from between her breasts. In other words, let her put away her false gods and embrace me again as the one true God and Savior of men. Do this... God said, verse 3, lest I strip her naked and set her as in the day that she was born and make her as a wilderness and set her like a dry land and slay her with thirst. Apart from God will perish and God did not want Israel to perish. So God warned the nation and God warned the people saying, verse 4, and I will not have mercy upon her children. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for the good singing and, and uh, scripture reading this morning and uh, the wonderful time to be able to exchange gifts. How precious that was. Thank you for those who work so hard and serve so much. we so thankful and come so faithfully. Lord, we pray, dear Lord God, you'll bless the teaching of your word this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God says, and I will not have mercy upon her children. I want you to notice something this morning. What God did not say. God did, God did not say, I will not have mercy upon my children. Did you notice that? If you're a child of God, you're only a child of God, through the mercy God has given us through Jesus Christ. God never withholds mercy from those upon who He has Given his mercy. And uh, those who have come to Jesus. The mercy seat. Are the children of God. But he says I will not have mercy upon her children. Instead of Israel's leaders teaching uh, the, the Israelites the word of God. They were teaching people to serve false gods back then. They were pulling them away from the one true God. And since mercy can only be given through the mercy seat of God's temple. In God's priesthood, there was no mercy for the children of Israel. Why? Look back in your text. God said, for they be the children of whoredoms. The children of whoredoms. Now, suppose a woman, and you probably have a real uh, idea in your mind of perhaps a scenario that's happened uh, to people you know, or maybe to yourself. But suppose a woman left her husband and married another man. And her and her new husband had a baby together. Now, suppose her new husband was lazy. She leaves her husband who loves her, runs off with another man, and that fella is lazy. They have a baby together, but all he does is just lay around the house all day and eat and watch television. Now, he was a real handsome fella. But he wouldn't look for a job. He wouldn't help out around the house with any work or any cleaning. Now because he was unwilling to work, they get themselves in a financial bind. So his wife calls up her former husband who she ran off from. Calls him up. And tells him that he needs to start paying her child support. Could you imagine that? She divorces her husband. Runs off with another fella, Shacks up with this guy. They have a baby together. He won't work. He won't pay the bills. She needs to feed this baby. She needs to pay the electric bill. So she calls her old husband up and says, Hey, you need to start paying me child support. For this child I had with this man here. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think that former husband is going to say? You're going to say, are you crazy? I'm not paying you anything. That child is not my son. If you want child support from a man. You need to talk to the man you're living with. Isn't that what he said? You need to talk to the man you had that baby with. And that's essentially what God is telling Israel here. He's saying, trouble's coming your way, Israel. Trouble is headed your way, and when you get into trouble, don't come looking to me for help. Because the children that you have are not mine. You got those children while you were having a relationship with your false gods. You see what he's saying? Not my children. Not my mouths to feed. God said, they're not my children, verse 5, for their mother hath played the harlot. Israel ran out on me and had children by these false gods. You know, that's what America has done. You, You cannot study the book of Hosea without coming full circle right back to the United States of America. When I was a boy, the nation of America... Ran out on God. They openly left God. And they announced that they had a new lover. Not the God of Baal. The God of atheism. That was America's new lover. The God of atheism. Atheism was a false God that promised all who worshipped it. That they could be set free from their creator. And do as they pleased, Just do whatever they want to. Atheism Glorified man instead of man having to glorify God. What a deal. Man essentially became God. Atheism is the only religion that says God did not make us, we made ourselves. Think about it. Atheism glorified man, giving him the credit for creating himself. We evolved. We used to be like this. We used to be a little tadpoles. We used to be like a little monkey here. And now look at what we've become. And who knows what we'll become in the future. And when America chased after this false god, she began raising her children up to worship him. Teaching in their churches, their classrooms, if you will their public school systems, if you will, to serve and believe in this God of atheism. And so they did. The children did. And just like the Bible says in Romans chapter 1, this false God threw the door wide open for homosexuality, which led to even greater sexual perversions. And now, as Israel was then, our nation today is headed for trouble. And you can rest assured, America, God is not going to pick up the tab. He's going to say, not my children. (laughs) I have no mercy on them. They're not my children. He's not going to pay child support for the children of another God. God said, look back in your text. She that conceived them hath done shamefully. God said, the nation who conceived these children has behaved shamefully. Look back in your text. For she said, I will go after my lovers that give me bread and my water, my wool and my flax, mine oil and my drink. See, this is the shameful behavior Israel was guilty of. This is the whoredom that God has been accusing Israel of committing. God loved Israel. She was his wife. And because God loved Israel, he gave them their food and water. Because God loved Israel, he gave them wool and flax for their clothing. God gave them oil. God gave them various drinks so they could enjoy the sweetness and the fat of the land. God blessed them because God loved them. But instead of acknowledging God for the abundant blessings that he had given them, instead of being grateful to God who loved them, Israel said, I will go. I will go after my lovers. You see, Israel got it wrong. There is only one God. So Israel only had one lover. Only one person that loved her. But instead of giving God the credit for the blessings that she was enjoying, they gave the credit for what God had done for them to the false gods of the nations around them. Their so-called lovers. Those false gods, however, weren't her lovers. They were nothing but the inventions of their own imagination. That's all they were. But she served them anyway. She served those false idols. She gave them the the, the praise for all the good that God had done for her. I can't stand it when I'm watching some kind of uh, educational program. And they're talking about the beauty of some particular creation. Maybe the geysers at Yellowstone Park. Or maybe maybe, uh, something else that they have out there that's so beautiful in creation. And they'll talk about how it evolved that way. And how it took all these millions of years and they just pushed God right out of it. Giving the creation the credit for making itself out of nothing. Israel left the one true God who loved them giving Him credit for nothing. Giving the false gods credit for everything. Everything. That was the shameful deed she did. And that's exactly what America has done. She no longer gives God credit for anything. We used to sing as we were little kids in school, America, America, God shed His grace on thee. And now America, America, we want nothing God to do with thee. That's how it's become. We've given credit to the false God that we've taught our children to worship. That was the shameful deed she did. That's the shameful deed we've done. God has blessed our nation unlike any other nation on this planet. Instead of giving God the credit we've denied He ever existed. To the God of atheism, our people began offering up sacrifices to themselves. They begin giving themselves the praise at all that God has done for them. In their hearts, they replace the one true God with a false God they named science. You notice how that's increasing more and more? Science. I, what I like about my God is He never changes. He doesn't have to. He's already perfect. He already knows everything. He gets everything right. I love good old Dr. Fauci. He is one of the high priests one of the high priests of the atheistic gods. And one of the things he said is, and you've heard him say this many times, the science changed. Have you ever heard him say this? The science has changed. They're basically saying the God we trust. They say, trust the science. Then you trust the science. They say, well, the science changed. It reminds me of Lucy and Charlie Brown. She's got the football. Trust Lucy. And as soon as he comes to kick that football, does Lucy do, she just pulls it right out and he falls down the football's gone. The football changed. They, they, they wait till you put your trust in it. They don't know what they're talking about. They make themselves out to be the wise experts. They deny the God that, that you trust. They tell you you're ignorant and uneducated for doing so. Then when you put your trust in their false god and you try to kick the football, they run it out after money. and say, well, the science changed. Now it's this and not that. And who's to know when the science is going to change again? If something is always changing, when will you know it's right? You don't. You don't know it's right if it can always change. Thank God we have a chance. Thank God our God in the Bible says, I am the Lord, I change not. But they gave the false God the name science. Let me tell you about science. True science observes God's creation. But their so-called science denies God's creation and mocks those who believe in Him. This is why we have so many earth lovers today. They're worshiping the creature rather than the creator, just like the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 1. It's nothing new. They were doing that stuff back then, too. Didn't work for them then. They hadn't fixed anything. It's not going to work for us now. They've done shamefully and denied God in their hearts to go after their lovers in the pursuit of their own knowledge and power. That's what atheism does. Atheism celebrates our own knowledge, our own power, our own strength, our own collective forces as a creature. They pursue after their own knowledge and power which they claim has given the United States the blessings we have today. We will go after our lovers which give us our bread, our food, our water. The blessings we have. They didn't come from God. They came from this. Science and education. Evolution. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 describes how this shameful process takes place. You leave your God, the true God. You go after the false lovers. You give them credit for what God has done. And here's what takes place. The apostle Paul explained it. He says, when they knew God... They glorified Him not as God. Neither were thankful. That is what happened to Israel. That is what happened to America. And then Paul said, but became vain in their imaginations. So they knew God. They didn't glorify Him as God or they didn't acknowledge Him as God. They weren't thankful for what God has given them. And so because they cut God out of the picture, their thinking became Godless. So, their thinking became vain or empty of godly wisdom. And Paul said, and their foolish heart was darkened. Because they had denied the light of God. And then Paul goes on to show the next step that happens in a society like this. He says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. They became fools. Thinking they were too smart to believe in God, they became fools without Him. That's where we are in America right now. And then he said this, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible, or we would say incorruptible in our modern English today, changed the glory of the incorruptible God. Because we were designed as spiritual creatures, we have to have some type of, of spirituality. We are not like animals. We don't just go eat and drink and uh, just do whatever um, our nature tells us to do. We think beyond that. We have to give credit to something. How do we get here? Uh, What is our purpose? Animals don't think that way. We do. God gave us a spirit. And because we were designed as spiritual creatures, if we deny the incorruptible God, then we have to replace Him with something else. Humanity won't allow it. Won't allow us not to. So if we deny the incorruptible God, we have to replace him with something else that we imagine. So what do they do? They change the glory. That is, they quit giving uh, God the credit for their blessings. The, they quit giving the incorruptible God the credit. Changing his glory, look back in your text. I'm sorry, listen listen to what Paul said. Into an image made like to corruptible man. That's where we're at today. That's where we're at today. They knew God. Then they glorified him not as God. Once they did that, they became, uh, and, and they weren't thankful. They became vain and empty in their godless imaginations. And so their foolish heart was darkened. They then, in the darkness of their heart, professed to have more light than anybody else. And then they had to change the glory of God. They, well, if we don't have God, who do we give credit to for all that we've got? How did we get here? Then they changed the image of the incorruptible God and of that of corruptible man. Well, we got here on our own. We did it ourselves! Celebrate me! That's exactly what we've done today through the God of evolution. We can give credit to ourselves with that religion. Paul went on to also include other creatures which other nations form their idols after. He said, like corruptible man, that's what we've done. And he said, in four-footed beasts and birds and different things like that, you go to other nations, you'll find idols that look just like that. Then Paul went on to explain that this is how homosexuality then begins in the nation. He said, that's the next step in the downward progress away from God. Here's how it works. You first deny the designer, then you rebel against the design. Then you damage the design, then you celebrate the damage. Then the damage destroys you. You first deny the designer, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful. Then you rebel against the design. Then you damage the design. Then you celebrate the damage. They call it gay pride here in the United States. They celebrate the damage of the design. And eventually, it destroys them. Which we'll get into next week, next door, in Genesis of Jesus class with Sodom and Gomorrah. God said, look in your text, verse 6, Therefore, behold, I will hedge up thy way with thorns. Instead of giving them a smooth road of progress as a nation, God said He would give them a roadblock of thorns that they would have to travel through. And that means their road to happy progress would be painfully impeded. It's what happens to nations who forget their God It'd be better to never have the knowledge of God than to have it and then to neglect it and put it away from you. I will hedge up your road with thorns, look back at your text, and make a wall so that she shall not find her paths. In other words, I will make it impossible for Israel to find a way out of the trouble that she's going to run into. She's going to run into the thorns She's going to run into the thorny roadblock as she travels in her future. And I'm going to put up a wall so she can't find a way out. Verse 7, And she shall follow after her lovers. In other words, once things get thorny, once she gets into trouble, what's she going to do? She's going to follow after her lovers still. She's going to seek after the help of her false gods. Look what it says, But she shall not overtake them. The picture here is this. Israel forgets God. Israel leaves God. Israel goes off with these false gods. They then begin having generations or their children. They begin having generations of young people believing in these false gods. God warns them they don't listen. They then get into trouble. God puts up the thorns in their way. When they run into trouble, they're then going to fall after their lovers. Help! 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 God says they'll never catch those false gods. They'll never be in their reach. They're not real. They're not real. She's going to seek after her false gods for help, but she's not going to find any help in them. They will pour money into the science labs, but it won't work. They will put their trust in the strength of their own military might, but it shall fail. They shall consult their institutions of higher education, but it will be all to no avail. God said, Look back in your text, and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Israel would have uh, been fine had she continued to follow after the one true God. But now Israel's going to have to learn the hard way that there was only one God, the God of their fathers, whom they had abandoned long ago. Look back in your text. Then shall she say, I will go. And return to my first husband. In other words, Israel will finally come to their senses. And return back to God. For then, look in your text. For then, that is, she will say. Was it better with me than now? You see what's happening here? Now this is a prophecy. This is going to happen in the future. You know what Israel has right now? Israel is constantly plagued with military skirmishes. Everybody hates Israel over there. All the Arabs, all the Muslims hate Israel. They want to wipe her off the map. She has a thorny roadblock. (laughs) And one day it's going to get so bad, she's going to look to the United States for more help. (laughs) We may be looking to someone else for help by that time. She's going to look to her science labs, her money, her military, and all this stuff. That's not going to happen. It's not going to help them. And one day, Israel's going to say, You know, back in the days of David and Solomon, back in these former days, we were the, the military might of the world. What changed? What made us so strong and powerful back then? And so weak, and uh, under destruction today, and they're going to say, "I know. The difference was not us. The difference was God. We had God back then. We trusted our the God of our Bible, the God of our fathers. But we've had generations after generations now who have left Him, and so Israel's finally going to say." I know what I'll do. I'm going to return to my first husband. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to return to my first husband. Because it was better with me then than it is now. And she will return. Israel's going to return one day. And if America wants times to be better for us, we're going to have to get to the point where we say, what was different about us back then? What made us a greater nation back then? What made us more powerful? Oh, I know we feel all relaxed now, but you wait. You wait. Our time's coming. God's going to put thorns up. I firmly believe that. And the only way is for America to say, I know the difference. Back then our people had God. And we have denied Him. Now I want to show one other thing real quick. As we are about to leave. This is a side note. But it is such an important one. And it's the topic of marriage. The topic of marriage. You know, some people say that, uh, um, you know, once you divorce your spouse, then you're still married to that spouse until you die. Even though you, even though the divorce is biblical, or words, let's say that a person cheated on their spouse, and that spouse goes away and divorces that person. They're, they say, you're still married to the person that you divorced until you die. Anyone ever heard that before? That's how come they, they say, well, a preacher can't. Uh, can't, a divorce preacher can't uh, get married again because he'll be the husband of two wives. He's still still married to the person that ran off on him and cheated on him and he divorced. They're still married, so they'll be the husband of two wives. The problem is it's not biblical. I want you to notice something here. A divorce had taken place between Israel and God. Do you remember how... God said that you've played the harlot on me. And then he said, you're not my wife. You see that? Now, if God says, you cheated on me. He says, you're not my wife. And he says, those children are not my children. But then God says, but I'm going to make a good promise. I'll take my wife back one day. Through the gospel, I'm going to take my first wife back. And then Israel will say, I'm going to go back to my first husband. I had a second husband, the false gods. I learned that it was wrong. I repent of my wrong. And I'm going to go back to my first husband that tells us one thing. Israel was married to God first. They were husband and wife. And then a divorce took place. In fact, in another passage, God says, I put her away. In other words, I divorced her. And so she was married to her husband first. She said, I'll go back to my first husband, God. But then, after she left and that divorce took place, God said, God said, she's not my wife. And so remember this. Never let the New Testament alone With a preacher getting up, quoting a few scriptures, define biblical doctrine for you. The issue of divorce and remarriage started back with the Old Testament. And that's the foundation you have to place all the interpretation of the New Testament onto. And if God says, not my wife anymore, even though you once were, then God means... She wasn't his wife. And so, I thank God for the clarity of Scripture. I thank God for the promise of uh, the fact that one day Israel will return to God and they'll be married again. You know how they'll get married? Through the Gospel. They'll be married to the same husband we're married to. When they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, they will become part of His church. Christ, who is God... Will be their groom. She, part of the church, will be their bride. And Jew and Gentile, the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians, have been, the, 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 the separation between us has been torn down to the cross. And now we're one body in Him. It's quite an amazing thing when you read here in Hosea, and you see everything God's going to do, and she's going to be my husband again, she's going to come back. The only way to do that. Is through the gospel. That's it. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you, Lord, for um, sharing your great truth with us, dear God. And Lord, I pray, Father, you apply these truths to our heart, Father. I pray, Lord, that our nation and other nations like England and and, and other nations that in, like Israel who've had the knowledge of God in the past and then put it away. We pray, Father, for a great revival and there'll be people turning back to their God again. You'll place godly leaders in government once again. We pray for it in Jesus' name that we won't chase after conservative principles, but biblical ones. In Christ's name, amen.